This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikatoa, a radio show and podcast taking a look at the quirkier people, groups and interests in the region. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Us versus them. It's what it feels like sometimes when you look at the plight of cycling advocacy in Kirikiriroa Hamilton. For this episode of WTS Lockdown Edition, Bike Auckland's Mary Margaret Slack shares some tales of pushing and winning which could be very relevant to our situation in the Waikato. My name is Mary Margaret and I do the communications for Bike Auckland. Um, I got involved because when I finished university, um, I was a host of The Wire on 95BFM um, and it's a really that's like sort of how I cut my teeth in media, which was the direction that my life was sort of going for a while. And I think on the wire, you know, you're sort of um, deconstructing stories in a way that mainstream media doesn't. So you're, you're definitely sort of taking policy and current affairs to task in a, in a fresh way, I suppose, which really lends itself into the advocacy kind of world, just because you start to see how interconnected all of the issues that the modern world faces are. Um, and by Auckland, I just kind of always known of as quite a cool organization, bright and colorful and one that really celebrates a sense of community, um, particularly in a really car dominant city um, where it's really important to, you know, reach out to everyone who does ride a bike and also reach out to everyone who doesn't currently, but, um, wants to or perhaps their life would be so much better if they were able to um, so it's sort of a, a combination of interest for me and I think it's also deeply connected to, to climate as well so when uh, Jaleesa my, my the former communications manager was leaving um, I saw her on Facebook and I just thought I'd give it a go and that was about a year ago and now here we are it's a bit of both I grew up riding a bike um, and the school that I went to was just down the road. So I would ride my bike there and back. And then as soon as I start, moved to high school, um, went to Takapuna Grammar School, which is up Lake Road, which is a very congested road with a very tiny bike lane that I don't, I don't personally see like a green painted strip as a, as a sufficient bike lane at all. Um, very often there's not even enough like safe passing distance. So I, I stopped riding a bike as soon as I went to high school really. Um, and I got back into it when I was at university because I had a, a part-time job um, in Parnell at, at one stage and also in the viaduct at another age. So I'd, I'd try and ride up to uni um, just as a way to like get to know the city a little bit better Um but I did find that environment incredibly hostile. Um, you know, now we've had developments like Key Street and Project Wave. So all of this is 
is changing for sure. Um, but definitely um, the lockdown, the first lockdown got me back out on my bike because the traffic disappeared from the streets. So it felt safe to do so. And I think that, you know, it's, it's cool to ride a bike um, and it's becoming more and more cool. Like 60% of Aucklanders say that they would, if it was safer to do so. Um, and I think that that appetite is just growing so much. And I, I was definitely part of that. So all of these things coincided and now it's something that, that brings me a lot of joy for sure. Um, I recently moved to Kingsland. So I'm just right at the Northwestern cycleway, which is such a game changer um, because Earlier in the year, I was riding. I used to live in Mount Eden and I was riding um, on Mount Eden Road and a, a, a tow truck turned right without looking and co- I collided with them in the cycleway. Um, so getting my confidence on back on the road has been like a, kind of a slow process and I'm definitely quite um, dependent on a protected route like the Northwestern now. Um So, yeah, I think for me, it's just about fighting for a city-wide network where we can all have access to infrastructure that is as great as the Northwestern Cycleway. Do you think that separation needs to be developed between the infrastructures for cycling and for driving? Does that seem like the direction it's heading? Yes and no, I suppose would be my answer. I think... On the whole, we know that people are more likely to get on a bike if they if they are separated um, from the roads. But having said that, you know, we also need to make the roads, bikes are legal vehicles on roads in Aotearoa. So we do need to make the roads um, as comfortable as they can be for people on bikes. Um, the reason that I'm, I'm so supportive of the idea of a, a connected, separated network is I do think that that's the clearest way that we could get those 60% of Aucklanders who want to ride onto their bikes. But it, it is equally important to ensure that um, safe speeds and, and safe behaviour is instilled across the roading network as well so that people who want to ride on, on those roads um, can do so. Um, at the same time, you know, the climate emergency means that time is of the essence and we can't wait to build entirely new infrastructure. We have to reallocate existing infrastructure urgently. Um, You know, I think a really clear example of that is the Harbour Bridge debate at the moment. You know, we were calling for liberate the lane, meaning let's reallocate space on, on the bridge that we already have because many people would love to use that lane if it were there. Um, and the government responded with a second bridge altogether. Um, and it's questionable whether what, what, what is the more efficient spend, you know, an entirely new bridge or, or reallocating a lane on the infrastructure that we, that we already have. <laughs> Something that frustrates me a lot is that there's, there's two sides of the coin to the transport debate. One is that climate emergency waits for no one and we, we can't actually afford to live life the way that we do. Um, it's, it's not, (laughs) it's not really an option anymore. We can't afford to keep driving at the rate that we are, but the other side of the coin is that a, a, a transport system that is more equitable and more climate resilient is better for everyone. You know, it's people, it's, it's better for people with mobility issues. It makes transport more accessible, 
across the socioeconomic ladder. And that's what's so wonderful about bikes. You know, they're, it's the cheapest form of transport that we have. Um, so it's, I, I, it frustrates me that the way mainstream media tends to handle the transport debate is as if it's only a budget issue or it's an identity issue of, you know, people wanting to do it recreationally because it's, it's so much more than that. It's, um, it, it's a way forward in terms of, of climate action, in terms of equity and just in terms of accessibility and safety for children as well. It, I, I put a lot of this down to the government as well because car dependency is um, one of my favorite quotes. My degree was in anthropology and one of my favorite quotes that I learned was, um, you know, there's a fish swimming in the sea, two fish swimming along another swims past them and says beautiful water right and the uh, one of the two fish says what's water so you know culture in many ways is invisible we we take it for granted and that's what car dependency has become it's we've we've really built this idea that that is the only way that you can get around um and so it is going to be uh, a big task to break that down in in the, in the nation national psyche um but it has to be done would you be able to paint us a picture of sort of what uh, the key street and project wave developments are like? Because they could be interesting for us to look at uh, in Kirikirito or Hamilton. Totally. Well, Project Wave is an excellent example because it's an innovative streets trial. Um, and I know that you have a couple of innovative streets trials in Kirikiriro at the moment. Um, the idea of innovative streets is it's a Wokokotahi initiative uh, whereby we trial a different form of street design so that we sort of open people's hearts and minds to what the world could look like. Um, so Project Wave was installed in May. It's a, it's a safe connection between, say, if I get on my bike and I go down the Northwestern and then I connect up to Te Fiti, the light path or pink path, and then I connect up to the Nelson Street Cycleway, then I get to the viaduct and then I'm sort of on my own and I have to get back on the road. Um, Project Wave connects that sort of single area up to Key Street. So it's a that all of the street was turned into one-way traffic so that there was room for a bi-directional um, cycle lane. Um, it's been really really successful it's it's a lot of people now really depend on that as a form of infrastructure uh and it's just a beautiful ride around the viaduct as well it's a lovely one to do on the weekend because you know you're on the water and that that's an area and in, in downtown tamaki makoto that's a little bit um sheltered from sort of loud noisy traffic so it's yeah it's a really pleasant ride and the the trial itself has ended so we're we're at a assessment stage now, which means that a working group will um, discuss what it's had to offer for the local community and also, um, you know, communities who now depend on that, that piece of infrastructure um, and Auckland transport is in the room to sort of learn as well, what that means for, for other projects. So looking to wider Tamaki Makoto and also the rest of Aotearoa where, you know, we'd love to think of places that people would like to see an innovative streets trial in their own neighbourhood, which would really help them for safety and getting out on a bike if they want to do so. 
I don't know if you've heard about um, how controversial Innovating Streets has been in Kirikiriroa. Extremely controversial. Easily the hot potato of the year in terms mm-hmm. of the uh, councillors and politics and media here. Mm-hmm. Part, a real part of the controversy was that people couldn't park right outside the business, which they wanted to um, go and give their custom to, you know, an auto shop or a um, electronics store or uh, the warehouse. Um, so that is where the controversy lies. Is some of that same uh, challenges encountered for cycling advocacy in the uh, Tamaki Makaurau CBD? Hundred percent, yeah. All of the all of the same issues. You know, we had a, a trial uh, low traffic neighbourhood in Onihanga, and some residents were so outraged that they couldn't um, use that that street as through fare anymore. That they they overnight came and used a forklift to remove the um, crates themselves, um, which was really really disappointing. I'd like to acknowledge Nicholas Lee and Peter McGlashan, um, who were the real pilots behind that low traffic neighborhood when it was there, it was, and it was still in the summertime. So it was just filled with, you know, young people all the time. And that, that, that safe space, that really honored act of transport was, yeah, it would have been a game changer if it stayed. But um, to your point about the businesses, you know, a fact that I refer to often is that uh, cyclists overall generate more business for local businesses because we, when we attend a shop, we spend less time there, but we're more likely to come back next week. So over a month's time, we, we might visit the shop for a short amount of time, but for more consistent trips and overall spend more money than um, drivers tend to. So I think those sort of car parks and losing the car park and the idea that that is will generate loss in revenue is sort of part and parcel of that car dependency culture that I was painting before. Um, And the thing about innovative streets is, you know, it's about giving it a go and seeing how, how that might look. And the key thing that we need to do is when we give it a go, we have to give it our best go. So say we've put in this trial cycleway, these planter boxes next to it, you've lost that car park for two months or however long the trial might be. People, kick and fuss and get really, really angry. And often um, the planter boxes come out and a couple of the car parks are reinstalled and the design of the innovative streets trial is not honored in the way that it was intended to in the design process, which makes it a whole lot more confusing for all users. You know, it's, it's really important that we, that we, we stick to our instincts and we, and we give it the best go that we can in the allocated time that we've been given because we do have a big task here in changing hearts and minds and that, that will take time and it just takes leadership. And that's why I tend to look to the government so much because they campaigned on climate change being a nuclear free moment. So you, you are in the position to stand up and say, this is how it has to be. Now things are changing because there's a climate crisis and all of these other reasons. Um, and I think in some ways that leadership is lacking a little bit Um so I hope to see some soon. You know, I think at the moment 
one of the things we see most of all in any given issue in any news and media and political issue is is a, a big us versus them divide and an us versus them sort of framing. Um, and I'm more inclined to put the onus on government or those in position of leadership who need to take thought leadership and paint the picture of what something could be so that the naysayers um, can be brought on board and understand why it is that we're doing this kaupapa and why it must happen. Um, you know, it's, it is absolutely frustrating that there are enraged citizens who take it upon themselves to, to harm something that is a really a cool and important initiative. But if the communications is done really, really well, perhaps we'll start to see less of that. Or if, if someone come forward, comes forward with that kind of anger, if, if you treat them with the respect and the time to paint the image of what we're trying to do, you know, maybe they're more likely to come on board and give the rest of the trial a go and have a bit more of an open mind to, to seeing why it was necessary come, come the end of the trial. Everything has opposition, Every, everything, you know, a lot of people like to compare um, the, the transport debate to smoking because there was a time where we all smoked indoors in Aotearoa and that was okay. And now that's absolutely not. And there will come a time where um, single occupancy vehicles for those who do not absolutely need to drive will sort of become the new smoking. Um, so, yeah, change is on its way and it's up to the leaders to make sure that we're honouring this change in the right way. Um, I'm really sorry for, for Kiri Kiriroa that the Innovative Streets trial got pulled that's incredibly disheartening because these ideas really have so much to offer. And like I say, they, they do really deserve their time in the sun. And we see it all over the world as well. Like in, in London, um, Sadiq Khan has won a lot of pop-up cycleway infrastructure. Um, some of them do absolutely amazing, but a lot of the low traffic neighborhoods there get absolutely bashed. But I read an absolutely amazing article in The Guardian of someone who was the loudest naysayer for a low-traffic neighbourhood ever. And um, six months later, they went back to interview him. He adored it. He bought himself a bike. He absolutely loved the low-traffic neighbourhood and he was lobbying his um, local borough council to, 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 put, them, to put them everywhere. <laughs> um, in Auckland, I do see on Twitter that people sometimes plant their car in a, you know, they chuck their SUV in a separated cycle lane. Is that sort of stuff still relatively uh, commonplace? Massively. Yeah. One thing that Auckland Transport really needs to work on is far better enforcement for car parking rules because um, that's a really crucial barrier to safe infrastructure. Um Simon Wilson wrote a really interesting article in the Herald about how it could be a really good idea to remove company car parks for people who don't absolutely require them, um, which is an example of one of the things that we will have to do in the face of climate emergency. And I think that a lot of those parking enforcement issues and cars shoving their way into the cycleway would probably dissipate with some changes like that. You know, I think, yeah, it's a it's a it's an entitled thing to do. 
to put your car in a cycleway. It is, you know, a, a very um, isolated place to be sometimes, but it's it's the same here in Tamaki Makoto. You know, five years ago, we were seeing some quite record investment in cycleways, which is why we got wins like Tauri, Fiti. That, w- that was turned around in only nine months, which is just an example of like, if the will is there, it can happen. And so there, there are some really massive big, infrastructure wins for Tamaki Makoto but um it's it doesn't mean that there's still a long long way to go and you know a big transport debate that that we're up against um in the face of it all first of all keep doing what you're doing is probably the main secret keep at it don't give up um but also look after yourself because sometimes it feels like because it's such a big fight there's so much on our shoulders. I think stay connected to a sense of community because that is what will get us through this because this is a kaupapa for everyone um, and for a a more equitable and more connected and happier community. So definitely try to uphold that for yourself and the people around you. Um, And I think the other thing is just anyone in your life who is slightly bike curious but maybe a little bit afraid take them for a bike ride that's the simplest thing that you can do you know my 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 plan this summer is to go for a ride with all of my friends who I who I never have before number one because it's just a nice way to pass the time but also like you have no idea what kind of doors you could be opening for them I would just encourage everyone to fill out a survey that we're doing at the moment about bike theft um just because that is another barrier um, that we face, you know, infrastructure doesn't mean just cycleways. It also means cycle parking. Um, we don't have a lot of that. Um, and the other point is when, when bike theft rampages, which it's kind of has been for a while now in Tamaki Makoto, it's important to um, invest in good bike security means. But, you know, D-locks, for example, are really expensive. So that's sort of another piece of work that needs to happen is making um, bike security more accessible to, to everyone. That's why I'm such a big fan of Locky Docks, which is um, created by big street bikers. It's a um, free uh, lock that you wheel your bike up to and you put your hot card on it and it unlocks for you and then you put your bike in there. But um, yeah, I just encourage everyone to fill out the bike theft survey that we're doing. I'll send you the link um, just so we can gain some insight into if you're feeling like your bike is secure and what we could do to make that better for you. Thanks to Margaret Mary Slack at Bike Auckland for being the subject of this episode of WTS Waikato. If you liked what you heard, you can like the show on Facebook or find it wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, stay safe and be kind. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.